Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tuesday, April 7th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, our daily edition here with Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. I'm Joe Noga, and uh, Paul, we're, uh, we're a, little, a little less than a month into this whole uh, quarantine uh, isolation thing. Uh, how, how, are, how are things going uh, for you? How, how are you dealing with not having baseball on a daily basis right now? Uh <laughs> It's strange, Joe. I'm, I'm not doing well. I, I'm doing okay, but I'm, you know, I, I usually I spend a whole winter like this, and I like it. You know, I like being isolated. I like after a, a season, I kind of like, you know, I'm I like going to hibernation. You know, and uh, but this is like uh, I've been in hibernation too long. I gotta I gotta get out. You're you climbing know? the walls out there, huh? Yeah. So, uh, but hey. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, you know for, for us, for, for baseball writers, and, and for those of us who sort of set our calendars by the season and, uh, you know, what we do and go into the park and all that, it, it really just sort of pulled the rug out from under us when this hit because we were ramped up and ready to go, and we were two weeks away from, from being full go into that, that sort of marathon. You remember, I, I remember you, you telling us, you know, so many times that it's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And we were all set. We we were conditioned for the marathon, ready to go. And then the the rug got pulled out from under us. And and that's really the the feeling that uh, you're sort of left, you know, just standing there with your palms up, wondering, you know, what's going to happen next. Uh, one of the ways that uh, the Indians and and their partners at Sports Time Ohio and and you know, really on on Major League Baseball Network and ESPN as well, but these uh, these networks that have this sort of content gap and they've 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 really got no live games to show so they're showing old games and they're they're reliving some some of these these memories of the past and uh you know with social media and you know a captive audience because you know everybody's home sitting on their couch watching anyways uh it's it's led to some some pretty interesting uh evenings just uh these random tweets and these random facebook posts that we've been seeing uh, over the last couple of days, as uh, not only Sports Time Ohio, but the other networks are also um, uh, airing these classic games. You know, really, the one that that got me wasn't even a baseball game. It was the, they, the when they when they replayed on ESPN the uh, Game Seven of the 2016 NBA Finals, and they notoriously uh, skipped Kyrie's shot at the end of yeah, the. Why did they the do that? I have no idea. That's all I saw was on Twitter. What? Where was Kyrie shot? They, <laughs> could Could you imagine showing Game Six of the nineteen ninety three World Series and cutting the commercial right before Joe Carter's walk off home run? Yeah, I I just don't understand. You know what ESPN's thinking, but you know, hey, they got at least they got the block in there. That's the to me that was the play of the game. That's yeah, you know, even more important than 
then Kyrie's uh, free. But uh, it, be, the most impressive part to me of that block, LeBron James on Andre Godala to basically save that game, not only did J.R. Smith not commit a foul when he absolutely could have on that play, but uh, the the official, and his name escapes me, and I, I've seen him a, a million times. I think it's Ed Malloy. Ed Malloy, the official running down the court at the time, and you know I, I have a soft spot in my heart for, for NBA referees and referees mm-hmm. in general, but uh, you know, seeing LeBron James coming from across the court and Andre Iguodala actually have ducking under and, and not making contact with the head and not calling goaltending, he could have ruined everything by making a terrible call in that situation. And instead, he let it play out, and it turned out to be the right call not to, not to make a call there. And that really was the difference between the Cavaliers winning the title that year and, and not was Ed Malloy not anticipating and making a bad call which which would have you know prevented the Cavaliers from winning in that in that situation. To me, yeah. that's that's the the biggest moment of that game. Yeah, because I was doing something, but I was following Twitter, and all I kept seeing was you know the tweets about Game Seven. I said, you know, it's like people were into it, like it was really happening. Yeah, you know? like we're, they were really fired up about it. Well, that that's that's what's happening now is we're we're all sitting on our couches at night, and if it's if, if, if we're not watching Tiger King, we're watching, you know, replays of old games that we already know the outcomes to. And I, I despise watching sports on TV that I already know who the, who's won and who's lost. That I can't do that. It, it just it, 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 it doesn't work with me. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I remember that, that 2016 NBA Finals uh, because my mother – we were in a cabin actually on vacation. And my mother – was in the other room refusing to watch live and only going by our reactions out in the living room uh, because she said as long as she's not watching as long as she's not watching they were going to do well and she was right uh, the only other thing was uh, I think my my son was was eight at the time and uh, we we had I had just on a feeling I had brought a couple of bottles of cheap champagne uh, with me on the trip. And we busted out the bottles of cheap champagne, went outside, outside the cabin, and I popped the cork and I, I sprayed my kid with the cheap champagne great. for the night. So I actually yeah. have a video of that. That's, that's my favorite memory of the, uh, the 2016 finals. Was, I had to watch that game alone. I, didn't, I couldn't <laughs> be with anybody. I, I, I didn't trust myself. It, it was going to go one of two ways, and the the way it could have gone would have would have ended with something smashed in your house, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was that was great. Well, that's like I you know I recall the the 1997 Game Seven of the World Series. I was with uh, one of our coworkers actually, uh, Mike Rose. I, I spent the, the that night watching that game in his dorm room at John Carroll, and uh, it by the time we got to the the end result of that game. Uh, neither one of us were walking upright and <laughs> it, I, the rest of it was just, I, I remember walking behind Mike in the dorm at John Carroll down the hallway and Mike's head was on the wall as he was walking down, he was, he was walking <laughs> sideways. So we, we, we drowned our sorrows that night, uh, pretty significantly. Uh, so, so let's, let's just take a, take a minute here to review some of these games that, that sports time Ohio has gone back and, uh, and re-aired over the last couple of days. 
and just your, your uh, uh, one or two memories that jump out for you having been basically at, at, at all of these events and, and all these things through, through your lens as a reporter. Uh, the, the 1994 home opener, uh, Bill Clinton throws out the first pitch and uh, Wayne Kirby walks it off with a, 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 a 11th inning base hit that scores Eddie Murray to win the game. First game at, at Jacobs Field. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was a no-hitter, the big unit. Randy, uh, Randy Johnson was, uh, was like, he was, he was unhittable, obviously, for until the eighth inning. And I remember, you know, the big, the story, obviously, was Bob Feller sitting in his seat, you know, the <laughs> Hall of Famer Bob Feller, only man to throw a no-hitter on opening day. And he's sitting there, you know, watching his place in history. He's going to have to shove over for the for the big unit. And uh, finally, Sandy Sandy Alomar gets the hit. I think it was the eighth inning, and uh, took the pressure off, and the Indians won it. So, uh, but uh, that's I just remember every reporters between innings. You know, we'd go up and talk to Feller, and Feller goes, Ah, no problem. Yeah, you know, he, he was, <laughs> you know, records are made to be broken. But you knew, you know, if you knew uh, Rapid Robert, he. Uh, he loved his records. I think he wanted to keep them all too. Well, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, you know the reporters were all sort of nervous in there because he he was definitely a presence back in those days, the the early days of the ballpark, right? He, well, he, he was like, right, up the the, right up to the year he died. He was, you know, that we we've got a, you know, the Indians in the BBWA made that seat for him. You know, kind of he's got his own seat still up there, the mm-hmm. Bob uh, Feller Memorial seat, and he sat there. I mean, he was there. I, you know, some some Hall of Famers, you know, when or some players when they retire, they retire. You know, you don't see them right. again. But you couldn't keep Bob away from the ballpark. He he loved it. He loved talking, and uh, every time you talked to him, it was like, uh, you know, you were getting a, a a history lesson in baseball. It was he could remember stuff. It was it was it was amazing. Well, I I remember the first spring training I ever went to uh, down in Winter Haven. And and Feller was there every game in at the uh, at the ballpark. The the announcer would would announce, "Hey, there's Hall yeah. of Famer Bob Feller." And Feller's he's God, he had to be in his 80s. He's down on the field, you know, clean catch with Omar Vizquel, right? Yeah. It's like Jesus, he's he's a hundred million years old, and he's down on the field in full uniform. Yeah, not just like not like Bermuda shorts and a and a and you know and a and sunglasses. He's down there in full. 1948 uniform, rocking back and firing with Omar. It's like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Yeah, he, he would always. We'd be writing in the press room, and he'd, he'd be in there talking to us. And he goes, and he'd go, "Well, it's time to go put the monkey suit on." And he'd go in the <laughs> locker room, put his uni on, and go out. People loved him. He loved that too. He, I think that kept him young. Yeah. Uh, one of the games that they, they just recently showed uh, um, on Sports Time, they showed the 1995 uh, Division Series, uh, game one against Boston. That one went 13 innings. Tony Pena with the walk-off home run. Albert Bell with the RBI double and a, and a home run there in that game. And the, the famous flex after, uh, yeah. after uh, was it Kennedy, Kevin Kennedy? Yeah, Kevin Kennedy. Confiscated yeah. the bat, had the bat confiscated. Uh, that's what I remember from that game. I. I remember watching that game in my dorm room freshman year of college. Was it freshman year of college? No, it was sophomore year. My dorm room sophomore year of college. Uh, and 
you know, having, having a couple of, uh, uh, drinks that we got smuggled to us <laughs> in the dorm room. and then watching Albert Bell flex and just jumping up off the couch. Cause that was the, the best part of that, uh, that game for me was, was the Albert Bell flex. Yeah. You know, and I, we, that was on Saturday night. I watched it mm-hmm. and, uh, I they made a bobblehead out of that. That was great. Yeah, oh yeah. That was great. That was a great moment. They sawed the bat in half, you know, right there, you know, like, Two minutes after they confiscated, they had that thing sawed in half. It wasn't corked. Uh, yeah, it was one of the ones that wasn't. <laughs> and uh, and I forgot how mad Hargrove was because he was pointing at Kennedy, you know, when he was like, uh, because, what, in 94, Albert had got caught with the, uh, right. the cork pad in, in Chicago. So That was the whole was, Jason Grimsley incident, the uh, Mission yeah. Impossible. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I forgot about that game is in the 12th, the Indians load, had the bases loaded with with nobody out and couldn't right. score. Right, you know, right. I, I forgot all, you know, this, but, you know, with uh, with Tony Payne, I talked to him a, a while ago, about three or four or five years ago about that. And he said when his kids dropped them off, dropped them off for the game, for that game, he goes, you know, uh, watch your old man. I think I'm. I got a feeling I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something special tonight. And this is a guy that didn't even start. Yeah, I was gonna he say didn't even yeah. start the game. And uh, you know he what he, he he came in for Sandy for what the tenth or the eleventh inning, something like right. that. And three zero, he's swinging three zero. That was. And I I remember uh, the deadlines. We blew all the deadlines. You know because right. it ended at two zero nine, and. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, am I supposed to write a game story or what? And Roy Hewitt was the sports editor. He goes, you got about five minutes to write a game story. You, know, <laughs> you better put your hands on the – put your fingers on the keys and type. Don't <laughs> – so that was, that was a yeah. crazy night. Wow. I, I remember the, the weather wasn't all that great either. It was, it was, it was no, like it kept a, raining on yeah, and off. On and off, like, rain and just really crummy uh, the, weather night. The start but, of the game was delayed. Then, you know, there's like two or three delays during the game. It was – but, yeah. you know, that was their first – it was a hell of a game. It was a great game. It was their first playoff game in Cleveland in what, like 50-some years as yeah, well, right? Yeah, 41 years since the, years. Since the uh, uh, 54 World 54 Series. 54 World Series, yeah. Uh, yeah, you point out that, um, that Hargrove was upset about the, the, the bat being confiscated. That's the first thing I look for in, in replays of that is – uh, Hargrove coming out to talk to the umpire, and then as he's walking back to the dugout, pointing into the Boston dugout and just dropping an f bomb. Yeah, I know exactly what he told him. Yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Love it. Love Hargrove in that situation. Uh, they replayed the '95 ALCS Game Six against uh, Seattle. So I watched on on MLB Network. They showed Seattle beating uh, New York in the division series with the. Um, the double by Edgar Martinez and Griffey coming around to score the walk-off run in that game. Uh, you know, that's got to be the highlight for Seattle because after that, it's nothing but brutal uh, replays for, for the Mariners against the Indians. Uh, the 95 uh, ALCS, Kenny Lofton coming around to score from second base on a pass ball uh, was, was, was really the, the signature moment of that game. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was a gr- that was another game, and that was the clincher, right? I mean, right, right. That's uh, you know, Dennis Martinez. I just rem- he you know pitched the game of his life, um, and a, a funny story. 
you know, in, in when they advanced to the World Series, in uh, he he started Game Six against the Braves, mm-hmm. and uh, he missed the bus, missed the team bus. So to the to to that game. So me, uh, Bud Shaw and Bill Livingston were staying at the same hotel as the Indians. We gave him a ride to the ballpark. Oh man! He's sitting in the back seat. <laughs> He's sitting in the back seat with Livingston. Bud Shaw's driving. I'm riding shotgun. And, and he saw telling us, you know, nobody thought I was going to win that game, you know, game six. <laughs> nobody thought, you know, David versus Goliath. <laughs> it was wow. the best. And then we, we drove right up under the stadium and said, we've got the starting pitcher here. We dropped them off. <laughs> Holy jeez. You dropped off you dropped off the starting pitcher for game six of the World Series. <laughs> yeah. That you were his chauffeur. That see, these are things that we did not know about you, Paul. That's that's pretty amazing. Uh it was was he was Livy giving him any tips or anything like that? No, Livingston, you know, like you know, Livingston always when he you know when he went to a big event, he was always he'd always say you know, hey, I'm I'm working without a net tonight. I'm, you know, no deadline. There's a deadline. I'm working without a net. And he had the, you know, he had the story of his life back there. You know, oh, talking geez. to talking to Martinez. So he had his early story. He had he had the story set one way or the other. He'd already written it before so he, he got was, to the press box. He was a happy man when he got to the press box. Wow, there you go. Uh, they replayed the 1997 All Star Game. Uh, Sandy Alomar's MVP performance in in that one. Uh, with the the home run off of Sean Estes that uh, gave the American League the the victory, uh, I, I I remember from that game the uh, Randy Johnson versus John Cruck at bat. Oh yeah, was, right. Was was that in that game or was that in? That was there was one in Baltimore. That I was think in they, Baltimore. Yeah, which is Larry Walker. That was Larry Walker. Larry Walker. You're right. It was Larry Walker. It was Larry Walker. It was. It was John Cruck versus um, John, Randy Johnson the year before in, yeah. in Baltimore. And then in Cleveland, uh, Larry Walker stepped up yeah. and he turned his batting helmet around and batted right-handed. Right, right. Because he didn't want to face him left-handed. Yeah. That's what I remember from that one. Yeah, that was funny. And then Sandy, that, that was Sandy's year, man. That was, he had the 30-game hitting streak. He, you know, he was the all-star, MV, all-star game MVP. Uh, he, he could have been uh, – Drove in 19 runs during the during the postseason that year, and uh, maybe could have would have been the MVP of well no OJ was going to be the MVP of the World Series if they right. won it but uh, but just had a great great year career year and then the thing about it I think Robbie won was the All Star Game MVP the next year so the brothers I think won it back to back the Alamo back, back years yeah uh, the the other one I wanted to mention here they showed the uh, in in I believe it was two thousand one the the twelve run comeback against uh, again victimizing uh, the Seattle fans there uh, seems to be all the the Indians highlights against Seattle uh, down twelve runs and the Indians rally uh, come back and win it uh, was it fourteen fourteen thirteen yeah so was the crazy. final yeah yeah it was uh, Omar Vizquel had the uh, the big uh, uh, base clearing triple that I believe tied the game and then Holbert Cabrera had the yeah, a broken back single. The broken back single that scored Kenny Lofton. Yeah. And then Eddie Thomas, he picked up Lofton. Almost yeah, flipped him on his head. Almost knocked him off, left, dropped him off his head. I remember, I remember the ninth inning, 
I think the bases were loaded and uh, they were down by three maybe. And uh, Omar was coming up and Charlie Manuel told him that uh, Seattle had their closer on. It was a, a Japanese closer. I can't remember what his Shige, name was. Was it Shigetoshi Hashigawa? Is that it might, no, I don't. Well, it may have been him. Yeah. I thought there was, it was, it was, uh, I can't remember who, but Charlie said, you know, this guy's going to, this guy's going to throw you inside. You're going to hit a triple to win this, you know, to tie this thing up. You're going to get, and, and Omar triples into the right field corner down the line and, uh, you know, and, and they tie it up. Yeah, definitely. And that was voted uh, one of the, the signature, like the, the top 25 moments in, in the history of, of Jacobs Field, Progressive Field. Yeah, I bet. I, that was like the biggest comeback in Indians history, I think. Right. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, those were were just some of the uh, the games that were were highlighted over this this last couple of weeks. It, it's really kind of neat when when there's nothing else to to put on the TV, put on to to air on these broadcasts. Um, they they go back into the archives and they show these things and and really all of those sort of feelings come come rushing back. The the great moments. The I mean I. It, it it really wouldn't kill me to to see, I guess, Game Seven of the 2016 World Series, up until, uh, <laughs> right right up until Rajay's home run, and then you just sort of end the broadcast there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, I, if I still have haven't watched over and over again. We'd be fine. Yeah, I still haven't watched the uh, the the 1997. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I, I can't watch the the whole replay. You haven't seen uh, Jose Mesa meltdown? <laughs> I saw that, you know, I saw that, but I, I can't. <laughs> I've seen, you know, Red Teria's, you know, bouncer over just out of Charlie Nagy's reach, yeah. but I haven't seen the whole game. But uh, ugh, that Which that that's the one that got you out of out of all of them. That's yeah, the one that that's got the you one most. that got me. I I just <laughs> remember I was sitting. We were sitting down there. And I was like in a dead panic when it got to extra innings. I'm, and then Roy Hewitt is sitting behind me saying, "You've got ten minutes, you know. You've got five minutes." And I'm locking up. <laughs> you don't even you don't even know if what's coming out of your fingers and your tightening yeah, English just, at that point. I was just glad it was English. Oh. It was, maybe it was, or it wasn't. But it was crazy. That was it was that, just yeah. that really is the worst feeling when they go. Uh, you know, it, it happened a couple of times this past season. Uh, I remember in, in Toronto, uh, there was a, a game that the Indians had had in hand, and then uh, the, the Blue Jays came back and won. And you're sitting there going, well, everything I've written so far is <laughs> useless. Tear it up and throw it away. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, wanted to take a minute to mention subtext again. Uh, Indian subtext, it's the best way to – to get in touch with uh, with with Paul and, and sharing his expertise and his inside knowledge of uh, of the Indians uh, and myself, I'll be contributing as well. Uh, you can uh, send a text to the following number: two one six two zero eight four three four six, and it'll send you back a link uh, to to sign up. It's a subscription. Is it three ninety nine a month? Uh, three ninety nine a month. Yeah. And, and you get uh, access to um, not only uh, have conversations with Paul about the Indians, uh, which, which are sort of invaluable, and, and just sort of check in if you're, if you're around the country listening and, and, and want to know um, some of these things. It's, it, it's a great way to, to get in touch with Paul. 
And, and also uh, you have access to um, some inside knowledge, advanced knowledge about the, uh, the prospects that we've been profiling every week here um, during this uh, coronavirus shutdown. You get advanced uh, knowledge about you know, what we're gonna post about them. And also uh, a, a great way to, the only way now exclusively to get your questions answered here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast uh, will be through subtext, Indian subtext. Uh, again, 216-208-4346. Text, uh, send a text message to that number and uh, get a reply and, and get signed up for uh, Indian subtext. Uh, Paul, give us uh, uh, you know one or two questions here. Uh, real rapid fire ones that we can get to uh, on today's podcast. Okay. This is from uh, Patrick uh, Gerjak from Garfield Heights. He goes, Hey, Hoynes, you who, in your opinion, has been the most accessible, accessible former tribe players that you can talk to either currently playing or retired? Uh, there's uh, Patrick. There has been a lot of them. Uh, a lot of great guys that I've covered. Um, you know, I think uh, currently, you know, I think, you know, Francisco Lindor, I think is a treat to talk to. He's always, he's always honest. He's always, you know, he never ducks a tough question. Um, uh, guys in the past, uh, you know, I love talking to uh, Julio Franco. He was one of my favorites. I love talking to uh, his Drupal Cabrera. Uh, when Albert Bell talked, uh when he wasn't swearing at me, he was okay. Uh, Carlos Bayergo was always a treat. Dennis Martinez, a great guy. Uh, I know I'm forgetting like 15 to 20 guys, but um, you know that, that's you know that they make the job fun. Yeah, they really do. And uh, even Corey Kluber was was okay. If once you got past that, uh, I think it was a that dry facade. So he was he was good too. And Burt Blyleman. Bly Levin and Rick Sutcliffe, those guys, those guys were good, good dudes. Uh, Bly Levin, every time the Twins come into town, comes in and, and uh, you know, has something to say to you in the press box. <laughs> oh, yeah, he gives me he, – he, you know, he's always giving me a hard time because I'm always wearing jeans. You know, <laughs> even when I, was, when I covered him on the beat, I, I never I, – I always really? wore jeans, so he's always all over me about that. Uh, to me, when I, I go to the park wearing jeans, that's a dress-up day. What the heck? Uh, I, I, to just to piggyback on what you were saying about uh, current or more recent guys, uh, for me, Cody Allen. You want to talk about a guy who you're you're closer. The only time we're coming to talk to you as a closer, uh, if unless it was a, a, a you know a big strikeout to end a game, was if you blew it. And Cody Allen never ducked a question. And uh, and Josh Tomlin was was a guy who you know you could talk to at any time. Uh, and uh, you know I, I thought he was he was fantastic as well. Uh, but right now, Mike Clevenger, definitely the best interview in the locker room right now. Mike Clevenger, hands down. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, he, he's really – he's a good dude. All right. Um, hey, this is good. We're, 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 we're sort of getting into the, the, a little bit of a groove here. Uh, you know, daily podcasts here on cleveland.com. Uh, your tribe questions answered via subtext. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get to as much news as possible, but – but also do some sort of featurey stuff. Uh, we're we're checking in with uh, you know on this day in tribe history, uh, you know a, a daily sort of uh, featurey post that we we've been highlighting some of these things as the uh, the this uh, this sort of shutdown continues. Uh, we're looking back and we're looking forward with 
you know, prospects, the top 30 prospects in, in the Indians uh, organization. Uh, that'll be ending here. Uh, hopefully we'll get through that by April 15th. Uh, and then maybe we'll have some more positive news to talk about by the, uh, by the time that that sort of feature has run its course. Definitely. Let's hope so, Joe. All right, Paul, we'll, uh, we'll hook up with you again uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good to talk to you, and everybody stay safe. Same with you.